Stop me if you've heard this one before. North Carolina picks up a tough, gritty road win in ACC play. We'll keep on taking them, and boy, this Tar Heels team knows how to close. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast. It's Monday, January 22nd, 2024. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, bringing you the only daily North Carolina show out there. And I want to thank in particular you everydayers for joining us to get your Tar Heels content every single day. If you're new to the show, we're so glad you're here as well. Come join us in the Locked on Tar Heels Discord. It's a phenomenal community of great Tar Heels fans. It's free, and the link is in your show notes. We'd love to have you join today because there's a big-time game tonight hosting Wake Forest. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Hey, look, we got a lot to do today, so we got to go quick on this thing. Let me give you a couple updates as we get into stuff. After the Wake Forest game tonight, we will have a postcast live going to be not immediately after probably an hour or two after because uh, I'll be with my wife at a work dinner for her uh, work so but uh, after that we will do a live Uh, speaking of which if you didn't get to listen to or watch the live postcast from the Boston College game you can find that on YouTube I'll link it here for those who are watching but it's also in the audio uh, feed as well so plenty of ways to check in on that in real time and we'll uh, we'll wrap this game up as it uh, goes final but Carolina women are beating Louisville 77 to 67 with 24 seconds left that's great news again we'll update that uh, as the game wraps um, North Carolina Saturday beats Boston College 76 to 66 the Tar Heels are now 15 and three overall seven and0 in ACC play and boy what a wild Saturday it was in the ACC because Duke NC State and FSU all lost, meaning Carolina has at least a two-game lead over the entire rest of the ACC. There are four two-loss teams, State, Florida State, Wake, and Duke. But as you well know, Carolina has already beaten um, Florida State and NC State, meaning they've got tiebreakers there. So with really, in terms of seeding, a three-game lead over those two schools. Beyond them, Virginia, Syracuse have three losses. Miami and Clemson and Virginia Tech all have four. And then it goes on from there. So Carolina is putting themselves in great position. Net and quad update for you. This is Sunday's net rankings. Obviously, I'm recording this before Monday's net rankings drop. But the Tar Heels move back up to seventh. Uh, the BC win was a quad two win, so they pick one up there. The Pitt went Pitt beating Duke got them back to a quad one win, but NC State losing dropped them back to a quad two uh, win. So Carolina is still four and three in quad one, but no uh, losses outside of quad one. That's great. Seven and three in quads one and two combined. Great stuff there. So here's how we're going to approach today because we got a recap and then we got to look ahead. So. Right out of the gate here, we're going to do our four corners recap of um, of the Boston College game. I'm going to put the box score up in just a second, and then we'll go immediately to Wake Forest because this is a critical, 
critical ACC game. And so we want to make sure to get ready for that and then give you a uh, wrap up of the rest of Carolina athletics this weekend. So let me go ahead and get that box score up for us. And then we'll dive into our um, four corners recap of the Boston college game. All right. For those of you watching, you can see that box score up there. Number one on our four corners recap, this Carolina team knows how to close a basketball game. Um, it, I think to me is a, a, a critical sign of their experience. It's a critical sign of their trust in one another. It's a critical sign of their trust in the coaching staff and, uh, a, a trust in knowing that the things that they have in place, the, the pieces in terms of the players and everything else is going to win the day. And so they just keep doing it. The second half of this game um, they led all of it, the entire 20 minutes of the second half, and the lead was never under four. And I don't know about you, but even though there were some margins when it was only four, I felt comfortable the entire time. I was like, Carolina's going to win this basketball game. And I think that's me having that same faith in the Tar Heels that they have in themselves, not in a um, misplaced arrogance or pride sort of way, but in a like, no, we got this. We know we're a great basketball team and we know how to close. So. Um, that said, most of the second half felt like this four to six point margin that it was at. Um, but what was really, really impressive to me was the final four minutes and 30 seconds, by the way, the, the women's game just went final Carolina wins 79 to 68. So we'll recap that in a minute. Congrats to coach Banghart in the Tar Heels on a big win over Louisville. So, um, final four thirty, Carolina was up 60 to 56. They finished the game going five of six on field goals. So every shot from the field went five of six and a perfect five of five from the free throw line. You're not going to lose games making those many shots down the stretch, especially the way Carolina's defense plays. And then, as you know, Carolina ultimately pushed it to the final 10-point margin just by keeping executing down the stretch, meaning now that Carolina has won six of their seven ACC games by double digits, the only one they didn't, was the eight-point victory over Florida State. And every time Boston College made a push, you love to see it. But Carolina just kept answering, kept responding time after time after time. Awesome. Carolina can close. Number two in our four corners recap, our EDBR, energy defense, bench, and rebounding that we've been watching for. The energy was there. Even if Carolina was a little slow out of the gate, I didn't think it was a lack of energy. I thought they were ready to go, and that's what I'm looking for. I just took a minute to get settled in. Defense. This is now the eighth straight opponent that Carolina has held to 70 points or fewer. They held Boston College to just 34.5% from the field and only 17.6% from three. They shot three of 17. That means that the last six opponents, even with Louisville shooting 44%, Carolina has held their last six opponents to 18.9% from three, 23 out of 122. And overall in ACC play, so let's add back in Florida State as well, who also had a good, I think they were 44% in their game. Overall in ACC play, Carolina has held their opponents to just 23.3% from deep. Again, especially in the modern basketball era, you're going to win a bunch of basketball games doing that. Rebounding in our EBD, or <laughs> excuse me, in our EDB, or I skipped bench. Let's go to bench before rebounding. Carolina gets 17 bench points spread amongst Jalen Withers, 
uh, Seth Trimble and James Aconquo, who had two, but it was that massive dunk right before the halftime buzzer. Uh, these um, The minutes played by the bench were critical on Saturday because of the foul trouble kind of spread around to both teams. But um, thankfully, Carolina you know, was able to uh, maintain and, and work through the foul trouble, and, and nobody got fouled out. So proud of James Aconquo, who has not gotten to see the court much, but just stays ready. And then here he goes. He steps in and has an impact in this game, playing just shy of eight minutes. So glad for him and so proud of him, again, for staying ready. And again, the bench has now scored 13 or more points 15 times this season. That already has bested how many times that happened last season. Rebounding. Carolina yet again wins the rebounding battle, 43-28 to 28 over Boston College. That's plus 15. In terms of rebounds per game, Carolina is 16th nationally. They're first in the ACC, 41.17 per game. It's the only ACC team that has 40 or more rebounds a game. The Tar Heels are first in the ACC in rebound margin. They're at exactly plus seven overall on the season right now. And in fact, they've had seven straight games of a rebounding margin of seven plus seven or greater. Actually, there's been one game of plus seven. The others in that streak have all been double digits. And so Carolina continues to do great work on the glass, both offensively and um, ending defensive possessions with a rebound. So that is the wrap up of our EDBR third in our four corners recap. I told you we're going quick here today. We're moving quietly, quietly. This was a really good game for Armando Baycott after a slow first half. And some of that was on how Boston College chose to defend Armando. That's that's fair. But let me give you Armando's stat line from the first half. You ready for this? Zero for zero from the field. Zero shot attempts. No free throw attempts. Zero, zero there. No offensive rebounds. Three defensive rebounds. We'll take that. But two fouls. Zero assists, zero blocks, one turnover, and one steal. Well, that's great. Now, again, to be fair, Boston College was bringing hard and quick double teams, so Mondo had to make other decisions. But, I mean, nothing? Nothing. Literally, the only positive um, stats, counting stats, were one steal and three boards. But then, what I love is that Mondo, neither by the foul trouble or lack of production, got allowed himself to be taken out of the game. Second half, it wasn't overwhelming. It wasn't crazy, but it was very solid. Three of six from the field, four of four from the free throw line. Actually, he's back up over 80%. Again, now great stuff there. One offensive rebound, five offensive rebounds, one assist, a a critically important assist, I might add to a a cutting Elliot Cadeau for a layup, zero turnovers and two blocks. So really, really good stuff from Armando there to not let the the lack of production or the foul trouble in the first half cause him to not get into the flow of the game. All the more so because he picked up his third foul less than two minutes into the second half. And a lot of coaches would go ahead and bench a player there. But kudos to Hubert Davis, who decided to leave Armando in and it paid off because Armando stayed away from that fourth foul. He did ultimately commit it. But um, it was like very, very late in the game. I think there was like four minutes left. I forgot to put that in my notes. So great, like great trust from Hubert Davis and great job by Armando to not commit the foul. And then ultimately ends up finishing a rebound shy of a double-double, which Harrison Ingram did get a double-double. So uh, really, really good stuff there. Really proud of Mondo to, uh, not, to not let the first half bring him down. 
number four in the four corners recap. Um, one of the things I track is a stat I've kind of made up called possessions created and saved, meaning Carolina either gets a possession by steal or um, something like that, but saved meaning not turning the ball over. And so it's basically like plus minus possessions that you get. Reason being, more possessions means more shots, means more points. So if you can steal possessions or save possessions, you're doing great. So one of the key factors of PCS, I like to call it, is blocks. And not just getting blocks, but getting possession after a block. Because it's one thing to block a shot, but if the other team just gets it back, okay, great, you stopped a shot attempt, but you didn't get possession of the ball. So I go back after every game and track not only how many blocks, but if Carolina got possession, because the box score doesn't show that. So I have to go work my way through it. Well, in this game, Carolina blocked five shots and get this, they took possession on all five of those that trust me as somebody who literally looks at this every game, that does not happen. Great job by the Tar Heels to get five blocks and get possession back. That that's incredible um, stuff there from the shot blockers who have to have the skill to um, you know, block the ball in such a way where they're getting the ball back for their team. Way to go, Tar Heels. All right, final thing in our Four Corners recap is obviously the shady stat of the game. And here's the shady stat of the game for this one. This Carolina team is so well-connected, but yet the assists have just hovered around 50% assist percentage on the season. But Heels might be turning a new leaf. Why? For the first time this season, in back-to-back games, Carolina has had a 60% per, uh, 60% assist rate or better both games. So against Louisville, Carolina assisted on 19 of 29 field goals. That's a 65.5% assist rate. Against Boston College, 15 out of 25 made baskets. That's exactly 60%. So back-to-back games, Carolina has assisted on 60% or more of their field goals. Love that. Love that, love that, love that. And I know it's not, It's sometimes it's defense dependent on what they're giving you, but Carolina sharing the ball in this way shows me what Elliot Cadeau's doing, shows me what RJ Davis is doing, and you love, you love to see it. All right, we got to switch from our four corners recap. Let's shut the book on Boston College and immediately move to Wake Forest. Quick turnaround where the heels could give right back the margin they gained over the weekend in the ACC standings if they aren't careful. But we'll talk about that in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are rolling along and there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's many different ways to bet, like same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab or make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays. How about tonight's game against Wake Forest? Carolina's favored by 8.5. I would not have guessed the line was that big, but it is, and we'll take it. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. All right, gang, here we go. Turning our attention now to Wake Forest, uh, and then we will introduce you to Wake Forest, get to know them a little bit, their season and everything they've been doing um, uh, in the next segment. But right now, I want to go ahead and do the four corners preview because I think that's the way to really get into knowing a team well. So number one in our four corners preview, 
and I, I, we've talked about this multiple times late last week and in the live postcast. This is a quick, quick turnaround from Saturday. Remember, Carolina played in Boston, turned around, came home, and has to get ready to play a Wake Forest team that is very, very good. They they have not been tested in the same way the Tar Heels have. I will I'll tell you that their their resume just doesn't have as much high level stuff on it, like in terms of um, Ken Palm rankings. Carolina has played four teams ranked higher than the highest team that Wake Forest has played, but. Do not overlook this game. You do so at your own peril. And I, I say that um, both to the team and to us, the Carolina fan base, because this Wake Forest team is hungry. They got some great pieces and it is going to be a very difficult test for Carolina. So they must be locked in. They must be ready. There can be no hangover from Saturday. You got to come to work and you got to make stuff happens multiple times lately people have been saying okay look so what is the most difficult game coming up for carolina what is the game maybe they could lose i have been saying this one over and over and over again both because of the context of coming off a saturday game and because wake is just really good um and so carolina if they're not ready this is where you take your first acc lost but as i said earlier Carolina, I trust them. They are a veteran team. They know how to close. They know how to win games. Clear they can get out and go. And thank goodness, this game is at home. And it is the only time that Carolina plays Wake Forest this year. So I, I everything lines up right. You just got to take care of business. Now, as I said earlier, Carolina has a two-game cushion in the ACC standings over four teams, including Wake Forest. But if you're not ready and you get clipped here, You've immediately lost that cushion that you gained by continuing to take care of business, even while NC State and um, who else was it that and, and Duke and whoever the other team was that lost on Saturday that that gave Carolina that cushion. I don't know why that's escaping me right now. That's really frustrating. I'm going to go back and look. Florida State lost um, at home to Clemson. That's right. And so um, it, it's. You, you just can't let that be the narrative that you gained a, a two-game lead in the standings and then immediately gave it back away. No, 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 no. You got to follow that up by doing this. Now, here's the other thing. Here's the positive of that. On the flip side, you know, I mentioned Carolina already has a tiebreaker against both Florida State and NC State after beating them both. Um, now, obviously, we Tariels play both of those teams again, so that could change. But if Carolina wins this one, I just said it's the only game against Wake. So Carolina would have the tiebreaker against Wake, and there's nothing changing that because there's no return game to Winston-Salem this year. So that would be really, really important. Four Corners preview point number two. This game, we're going to talk defense, basically the entire Four Corners preview, the rest of it here, because number one, this game is a big test of Carolina's three-point defense. Now, we just talked about how good it's been lately and that in ACC play, Carolina has been holding their opponents to 23% or whatever it is. Well, Wake, friends, is 12th nationally in three-point percentage. They're shooting right now 39.3%. And it's not just one or two dudes. They have multiple players that can burn you. Uh, three guys that are all 40% plus with like two and a half or more attempted threes per game. 
Oh, and by the way, they just got back to Mario Monsanto, who is like a six, six sniper and can absolutely fill it up from deep. He hit four threes in his first game back on Saturday. And so like this team is dangerous from outside. He can light it up. Not to mention they've got two other players that are just shy of 40% from three. So I'm telling you, um, this is one of those something's got to give um, where you've got a great three-point defense against a great three-point shooting team. And one of those is going to win. Now, interestingly, Wake is also second nationally in free throw percentage. But here's what I also want to tell you. It's not just about how accurate you are, but it's about volume. And interestingly, Wake is only 140th nationally in three-point attempts and only 191st nationally in free-throw attempts. So they are shooting both and connecting at a really, really elite level. But they're not attempting a ton of either. So that, that could be a good thing. Run, run them off the, the three-point line work at not fouling. They didn't do great with that Saturday, the Tar Heels, but that could be an opportunity. Now let's get to four corners preview point number three, and that is Carolina's rebounding advantage. Carolina, as we said earlier, first in the ACC, 41.17 total rebounds per game. Wake, on the other hand, is 12th in the ACC with 35.1 rebounds per game, meaning Carolina should have an advantage on the board. So if they can force some of those missed shots, if they can get positioned to get some offensive rebounds, we'll be in great shape. Speaking of that offensive rebounding, that's another advantage. Carolina in specifically offensive rebounding is third in the ACC at 12.1 offensive rebounds per game, while Wake is 13th in the ACC with just 8.9 offensive rebounds per game. So that means Carolina should be able to do a really good job of finishing off defensive possessions with the rebound, not allowing Wake to get many offensive rebounds. But it also pretends that Carolina should be able to get some offensive rebounds, get some of those, um, steal some possessions, get some more shots up, and ultimately win the rebounding battle. That could be a key to winning this game is to getting to the glass. And then fourth in our four corners preview is just defense all around in general. We talked specifically about three-point defense and about rebounding, but now I want to look at the big picture of it as we wrap up the four corners preview. Why? Well, as you know, because we said it earlier, Carolina has held now eight straight opponents to 70 or fewer points. Well, here's another something's got to give because Wake has only been held under 70 once all season. And even then they scored 66 points and that was against Virginia of all teams. So they might as well have scored a hundred against anybody else in that game. So this wake offense is, is legit. This is the best ACC offense Carolina has faced all season with a um, uh, average score just uh, above Clemson's uh, for the best team that Carolina has faced in terms of scoring average. So Not only will it be a big test from outside, it's a big test defensively all over the place. And um, you you expect the Tar Heels to be great offensively, to do the work they need to do, um, to be able to get to 70 and above themselves, which given what Wake's uh, offense is, Carolina probably needs to get to 80 or 85 to win this thing. Um, But I mean, I'm I'm just really curious to see legitimately 
if this defense for Carolina is as elite as we really, really think it is. So we're going to find that out in a big way today. So that's a critical key defense, rebounding, three-point defense. All of that matters in a big way. Now, as I said earlier, Wake doesn't have the toughest schedule, but as I see it, they're a little bit of a matchup nightmare for the Tar Heels. I'm going to explain all that to you in just a second. All right, let's talk more about Wake Forest, who they are as a team, what their season's been like. I also want to give you the weekend wrap-up, a few other Carolina athletics things that went on this weekend. All right, tonight, Monday, January 22nd, 7 p.m. Eastern. This game is on ESPN Carolina hosting Wake Forest. As I said just a minute ago, the Ken, uh, excuse me, the FanDuel line is Carolina favored by 8.5. The Ken Palm line is even bigger at 10. Frankly, I'm a little bit shocked by this. I thought the line would probably be more in the four, five, six range um, because I, I expected Carolina to be favored. But again, Wake Forest is a really good basketball team and they've only been getting better as they've been able to add some pieces in. Series record, Carolina leads the all-time series 164 to 69. Interestingly, the teams have split the last six games. Each team is three and three wins, three losses in the last six games with Wake winning uh, last year in Winston-Salem. Wake's coach is Steve Forbes. This is his fourth season at the helm uh, of the Demon Deacons, and he's been doing a nice job working to rebuild this program, doing a great job in the transfer portal. We'll talk more about that in a second. Wake is currently not ranked as a, you know, I obviously haven't seen Monday's new rankings yet to see if they get ranked or into others receiving votes, but they're not as of last week's, and I'm recording this on Sunday, so that's all we have to go on. They were picked sixth in the ACC preseason media poll. As of Sunday's rankings, they were 42nd in the net, making this a quad two game. It's got to be top 30 at home uh, for quad one, and it goes uh, quad two goes all the way down to 75 at home, if I'm thinking correctly. Yes, that's right. And so um, this is pretty comfortably a quad two game. Ken Palm ranking, Wake is 36th. Um, at least as I record, their offense is 28th, defense is 57th, very similar at Torvik as well. Results this far, what has Wake done this season? They are 13 and 5 overall, 5 and 2 in ACC play. Uh, their best non-con win was Florida. No others really jump off the page. I mean, they have some other like solid wins, but nothing elite level like what the Tar Heels have. Their ACC wins have been versus Virginia Tech at Boston College versus Miami, versus Virginia, and versus Louisville. Lots of home wins. Uh, their worst loss is LSU, and I know there's some name brand recognition there, but uh, LSU is not a very good basketball team this year. Um, but no no bad, ugly losses right now for Wake. They, they've done really well with that. Their two ACC losses are at Florida State and at NC State. So they've just been really solid, you know? And totally understandable to take a couple road losses. Okay, players to watch. Let me get you to this. The first uh, first guy we got to talk about is Hunter Salas. This is the third straight year that uh, Wake has brought in a, a dynamic guard. Two years ago, it was Alondis Williams who erroneously was given the ACC Player of the Year award over Armando Baycott. Yes, I am still petty and upset about that one. And then last year, Tyree Appleby. Both of those guys were great. 
Hunter Shalas is the same. He transfers in from Gonzaga, where he was kind of underutilized last year as a freshman. Uh, but man, he is really figuring it out this year. He is Wake's leading scorer at 17.7, gets 3.9 boards, 2.3 assists, just over a steal, and he's shooting 40% from three on 5.8 attempts per game. So Hunter Shalas can do a little bit of everything. And oh, by the way, he's 6'5". So Carolina has to have a plan for him. We'll talk about those matchups in a second. But even beyond Salas, Wake has three other players averaging 14 or more points a game. Kevin Miller, a six-foot guard, 17.4 points. Cam Hildreth, who you'll probably remember from last year, 15.3 points. And Andrew Carr, another uh, a big guy inside, 14.3 points. I mentioned it uh, earlier, but they just got back to Mari Monsanto, who is an outside sniper. He had 12 points on Saturday, all threes. He was four of six from deep. Now, here's the other thing. Efton Reed, who had also been at Gonzaga after being at LSU, if I remember correctly, transferred in. He was cleared to play and has now played uh, 11 games and is averaging just shy of a double, 8.4 points and 8.8 rebounds. So, um, man, Wake just has a lot of pieces that that scare me. I'm just like that because I th- I think they're a really good basketball team. Um, so the usual starters are Salas, Andrew Carr, Cam Hildreth, Kevin Miller, and Efton Reed. So that's your starting five, which means Carolina has some tough matchups. Miller, the point guard at, at six foot, is fine. RJ can can handle that. Um, but in the front court, you've got Carr who's six eleven. You got Efton Reed who's seven foot, meaning that uh, Mondo will probably have Efton Reed. But then Harrison Ingram is going to have to deal with Andrew Carr. Now, the flip side of that is Andrew Carr is going to have to deal with uh, Harrison Ingram on the other side. So, you know, there's a little give and take there. I'm really curious. That's probably the matchup I'm most watching. But then they'll also bring in Zach Keller, who's a six foot ten guy. Um, Cam Hildreth is six four. And then Hunter Salas is six five. So. I think that probably what's going to happen is Cam uh, Hildreth is going to be guarded by Cormac Ryan, which will give Carolina a little bit of a height advantage. But then that means that Elliott is going to have to deal with Hunter Salas at 6'5", unless Carolina decides to guard that differently and have Cormac Ryan on him. I'm curious to see. Here's something, though, that I think is going to play a key factor in this game is getting Seth Trimble in to guard Hunter Shalas. So watch for that matchup and how Carolina defends all this. I, I, I think that is what I'm most interested in watching for in this one. Now, the other question is, does Damari Monsanto move back into the starting lineup? It's just game two back, so I doubt it. I think he'll come off the bench, but he's 6'6", so Carolina's going to have to defend him well. Maybe that'll be Cormac Ryan. Uh, it just, I think it's going to depend on what Carolina does lineup wise to match up Wake Forest. Again, I think the Demon Deacons pose some lineup issues. All right. So that's Wake Forest. That's Carolina coming up tonight. I think Carolina wins, but I don't see it being this eight and a half point spread. Uh, I think, um, that, that FanDuel has, I think Carolina wins, but I think it's, uh, they don't cover. All right, let's get into the weekend whip around. As we said, women's basketball won while we were um, recording earlier. They finish off Louisville 79-68. This is great stuff for Carolina because Louisville was um, 13th ranked. Carolina was 23rd. And um, Carolina is now 14-5 and five overall, 6-1 and one in ACC play. Really balanced scoring attack 
for the Tar Heels. Six players all had eight or more points. Deja Kelly leading the way with 23. Another double-double for Alyssa Usby, plus seven blocks. Are you kidding me? Almost another triple-double there. Um, But critically, this is so important because it hands Louisville their first ACC loss and brings Carolina into a tie for first in the conference with Louisville and Syracuse. Although technically Louisville's a half game back uh, because they have one fewer win. But lost column, they're all tied. And importantly, like we said about the men and Wake Forest earlier, this is the only matchup between the Tar Heel women and the Louisville women. So Carolina will hold this tiebreaker. That could prove critical um, as we get to thinking about ACC tournament seeding. All right. Uh, the other women's team we got to talk about is the women's tennis team coming off that national championship had two matchups against really, really good opponents this weekend and just wiped the floor with them. Carolina on Saturday faced number 11 Auburn, beat them six to one, um, just just one loss in singles. Um, and then even better, Sunday, Carolina faced number three, third in the nation, Georgia, and blanked them, 7-0. And it wasn't just a blanking. Carolina <clears throat> obviously won the doubles point, but was ahead in the doubles match that, that didn't finish. And Carolina swept all six singles, and didn't drop a set. All six singles matches were straight sets. I'm telling y'all, this team is just rolling yet again. Unfortunately, the men's team lost on Sunday uh, to Columbia up in New York, uh, six to one. So unfortunate there. And then swimming um, lost uh, uh, to both Virginia and NC State over the weekend, both the men and the women. Same with gymnastics on Friday night to NC State. Unfortunately, the ladies fell there. So a little bit of a mixed bag, but a lot of great stuff this weekend. Teams competing really well, as you expect from the Tar Heels. All right. A little bit long over our 30 minutes on the show today, but man, a lot, a lot to get in. As I said, we will have a live postcast after the game tonight, win or lose. It'll be a little delayed. Um, won't start like almost immediately after the game, but uh, I'll let you know as I get a better idea of when we're going to go live. Would love to have you come join us as we break down another Carolina basketball game tonight. Come join us in the Discord, by the way, if you want to be talking in the live game thread in real time. It's so much fun. It's alive and popping. The link for that, again, is in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe on audio and video. Smash the like button if you're watching so we know you were here. Would mean a lot if you would leave us a rating and review five stars. Talk about why you love the show. Y'all, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Can't wait to talk to you tonight after the game. Be here for that. It's going to be lit. But until then... Peace.